episode five um so i'm excited actually for for this topic today because i feel like it kind of flips the script and it puts marketing and sales on an even playing field Mm. um which Mm. is really important so the topic is to put it out there it's creating a more united team within marketing and sales yep so i want to start at the very beginning sure first steps first impressions are incredibly important So with that in mind, how important is it to try and ensure that the relationship is as strong as possible from day one? Yeah, I mean, it would help. But let's be real. Companies aren't... Companies who are watching this Mm. are often not at day one. Um, If you are, lucky you. And hopefully what we talk about today will help you set up that that structure straight away. Mm. Um, I I think that we talk about a lot in our podcast and changing the way that marketing think. But a lot of what I've been also noticing is the way that sales need to appreciate marketing Mm -hmm. when they've made that change. Because there are a lot of marketers out there who Mm. aren't getting the belief in that change from their sales team because the sales team are going, where are the leads? Mm -hmm. Whereas normally it's it's either one of two problems for a salesperson that we often hear leads crap Mm. or we're not getting enough. Mm -hmm. And if they're not getting enough, there might be something golden happening within marketing. And it's just almost getting companies to unite that team a little bit more. And we'll talk about who can really influence that, who can really help that. And, um, and make sure that we get everyone revenue focused, I think, and understand it more from a long-term shift change in a strategy. Yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned revenue focus, so it's actually going to be the next point that I wanted to go into. Um, mm. At the end of the day, whether you're marketing or your sales, your your main focus, your main goal should be revenue. Yeah. But, I mean, a lot of people forget. What? Why do you think that is? Why do you think people are so focused on other areas? I... I think sometimes because of that, there's no united team. Mm. Um, it's too much con- like almost competition in a way. Mm. Like there's two ways to get customers: there's sales and there's marketing, right? And and okay, you could probably count referrals and stuff. But we spoke a lot on LinkedIn Live today how referrals should fit into almost a marketing strategy in that mm-hmm. uh, building um, that reputation in people. Um, look, a CEO doesn't care where the revenue is coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you achieve it, they're happy to lis- listen to you more. So you've got to have that revenue goal together. So people, you know, so many people say, I'd like to achieve, achieve this growth this mm. year. Um, but how did you forecast that? Mm. What and should I, you look at? I think that firstly, getting people in one room talking. Um, and the, the CEO or the director of both operations, whoever controls each head of department mm. or each department should unite the teams, get them in one room um, as, and really understand the benefits of doing things, hear each other out and make sure that we're aligned. Alignment in a team is critical. We spoke a lot about the structure of a marketing team, very much the same way. You can look at that structure again 
And I think, you know, we're in the process of trying to build a kind of a three-tier structure or five-tier structure mm. for sales and marketing to unite, which will really help. But for now, just get aligned. Mm. Everyone's on the same goal. If the CEO is saying the revenue targets, that's the target, that's the goal. You then work together to de- deliver that. It's interesting you say about alignment and you reference so communication can kind of be the catalyst for that alignment. Yeah. I think from my experience, like a sales and marketing meeting, which you're saying is vitally important to create in that alignment only happens because it's a formality. So it might happen once a quarter, it might happen once a half, it might even just happen at year end or or at the beginning of a new year. So, I mean, from your experience or, or in terms of a recommendation, how frequent would you say it's important for those two heads of departments or even teams to, to meet? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it does depend on your size, your priorities, your, look, we all get to a point in a position um, where individuals in certain uh, departments become busier in their role because mm. there's more responsibilities as the growth goes on. So it does depend on where you are as a business and size. I would say that if you're a, a low employee business and, and your marketing team feels pretty stretched or your sales team feel quite busy, mm. you still need to make sure you have that time. And it's important to structure that time, whether it's weekly, monthly. I don't recommend outside of monthly, though, mm-hmm. for any company. Mm. Um, because quarters go by if you set in quarterly meetings, they go by quicker than anything. Mm-hmm. And actually that alignment, whether it's with that person who's conducting that relationship or without, the sales and marketing heads should meet every week mm-hmm. in my eyes. Um, and I'd have that set in stone regardless of our size because that focus of the goals that we set at the start of the year is the chief execs, etc. that's important. And if we end up growing to a size where we have investors and a board that we've got to report to, then I want that information about, you know, and make sure that I've got that trust there in my team to make sure they're aligned. Um, And I think so many, you know, companies don't have that communication regularly enough Mm. or take it, like you said, it's formality. Mm. It's just the wrong way of thinking, I think. You know, Mm. they need to value each other. Sales need to understand that good brands help sales. Marketing needs to understand that, you know, what a good opportunity looks like and what it takes to sell and and why people will buy. Mm. How are you ever going to do that if a sales director is never speaking to the marketing director and the marketing director is never speaking to the sales director? And I want to be clear, we often talk about marketing and the lead side of things and the intent opportunities, it was never a dig at marketing. It was just making sure people became more intent focused and ways that they can do that to support and get a happy sales function. Mm. Um, Now today is about actually sales need to wake up to the idea too. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, so to stay on the topic of alignment, I feel like respect of each other's positions can contribute to that heavily. Um, So, I mean, whether it's like exercises or experiences, what what would you say to start at sales and their respect for marketing? What would you say salespeople or sales teams or sales directors can do to actually enhance their appreciation of their marketing team and, and understand what the role looks like? I think... 
marketing sometimes might struggle to articulate it to sales in some cases and sometimes that sales are you know they're quite confident client facing people so they probably challenge it quicker than a marketing person would but also i think if you get the structure right at the start you understand why marketing are doing it and really listen um but also look at the great work when it does come through i think a lot of people um don't compare the opportunities and we spoke a lot about that last week in the mm. marketing opportunities and the lead generation opportunities and then almost just going like the same case that you know the marketing director took to the cfo you know and here's our roi if we do lead gen mm. here's our roi and our conversion rates and our spend if we do what we want to do with our brand strategy and our marketing strategy do that with your sales team mm. and just say look it will take us time to get to that point trust me although you'd be sitting less opportunities that gives you more time for proposal writing that gives you more time for meeting new people networking getting out there trying to build relationships yourself and i think when sales start to see the the return differences mm -hmm. they would have a lot more belief um and i get it it's hard for marketing sometimes to do that i think some marketing people may even struggle to approach their sales team as much as they struggle to approach like a cfo or a ceo to try and build value in something to then win a bit of budget mm. but yeah i would start there sit down try and learn what they're doing and what they're trying to achieve in marketing give that comparison mm. just to almost say i'm on your side yeah you know? i think those are really good points and you mentioned then something which was interesting about the salespeople having belief when they start to see their conversion rate lower and mm. essentially I think that's really important but from like a, I guess a marketing perspective also how do they understand what a good opportunity looks like because mm. if you're a salesperson for sake of example your appointment numbers are dropping but actually you're saying but they know what the good opportunities look like so I know when one comes across it's going to be great yeah, that can build the belief as well. So, how, how do marketing go about ensuring that they know what that great opportunity looks like through a salesperson's eyes? Yeah, um, I think compare scenarios. Go out on the road. If it's demos, you should be recording them anyway, so you can compare the two. Mm. Um, I think at first, you probably both need to brainstorm how you would actually solve the problem that the company is set and how you can acquire clients and the impact of brands, trust, relationship building and closure. So you're covering off all these areas and we, I'll cover them off again. Mm. How you solve a problem and the problem being how do we hit our growth target yep. as, a, as a team? How do we um, acquire clients mm -hmm. and, and what does that client, good client look like? Mm -hmm. Be aligned there. Again, I'm going to talk about alignment quite a lot mm. today. Um, impact of brands you know by doing things the wrong way building trust relationship building and the closure what it takes for for me to convert it mm. as a salesperson alex needs to know that mm. to then help me with our marketing efforts sure. to make sure we're in an alignment so yeah I, th I would start with brainstorming and look if you've had that divide for a while you really need to start kind of changing these areas together. And I want to be clear, nothing today is separating this team. Sales and marketing is now and forever will be 
one team in my business. They will both be aligned. They'll both know what each department's looking to achieve. There'll be no separate meetings unless it's kind of training in a specific area. Um, But when it comes to goals and delivery, it will be together. And companies do this to make sure they save money and and deliver better results and it works mm. it really works when and when it does you have happy teams happy company conversions like you wouldn't believe one in two one in three and i was speaking to domenica today from emerging communications no joke she converts 50 percent of the opportunities that come through to her business and because of her alignment and her strategy is outrageous i mean it goes her trap like she's doing things right and um and she's got 30 years of experience in doing it working with some huge brands and uh, it's because she's got that alignment Mm. and it it happens all the time um in businesses and when they are doing it they look happy online Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um and their team are happy too yeah that's great and you you again you went into the the dynamic at kurdos which is clearly great and very much aligned with that message to, to stay on topic so you did touch upon it, but I guess you've had, maybe not the luxury, but you came into the business. The business is young and you've come into the business with this ethos of marketing sales are going to be aligned. So yeah. you've been able to build that from the ground up. So to again, go into maybe a little bit more detail mm. for people that are 15 years into business, yeah. the sales and the marketing relationship is absolutely fragmented. Yeah. What like kind of recommendations would you give to them to, to build that relationship back up to, to, a, to a great place? Sure. I want to be clear. We weren't aligned from the start. Hmm. The focus on intent and driving intent was there, mm. but we were never really aligned. And... It took a while for me to really be confident in what I was delivering to my team and and the plan of action before I could then implement that strategy. What I would say to the the companies that have been running 10, 15 years, in fact, I met with someone the other day for a discovery, a good opportunity for us, always had good reputation because their old school techniques worked. They got a good client base. Mm companies now in a position where competitors are focusing on these areas and 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 they're losing their current clients now hmm. sales director has now had to change the game quite a lot and move his, a lot of his sales team to then be focusing on current client accounts to account management to re- maintain clients which is which is great but he's not happy He's not happy. He's not hit. He told me when I said, okay, his target was like something to hit 10 million over the next five years to grow that from 5 million turnover to 10 million. And I asked him, okay, so if you weren't to change anything right now um, and not bring on any resource, would you achieve that goal? And he said, no, I'd lose 20% revenue year on year. Hmm. Okay. It sounds like you need to change something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like, for him, that was a big, it's a, it's a nervous time. And I said, well, you're not going to be happy if you continue doing what you're doing. So what's, what's the difference? Yeah. Why not give it a go? Mm. Why not change this alignment? So we're doing like consultancy with this client. We're going to be helping this client actually generate opportunities as well. Mm. Hopefully move into more kind of the the strategy as well to get their team aligned 
Um, and I'm confident that if businesses are either static or losing revenue because they've been so stuck in their ways, what's the harm in changing? Mm. You know, maybe it's time to align your teams. Maybe it's time to sit down with them. Times have changed. Buyers are always uh, more in control than ever before. I always say it, but now is the time to change. Mm. And what's, what's the harm? Yeah, super interesting. And I guess one, one thing that I'm thinking that we haven't gone into, where do goals and expectations come into playing a role within this alignment? And I guess realistic goals, because if you have a clear expectation right and that expectation's hit, mm. no one's unhappy. Yeah. So where does making clear, realistic expectations come into the alignment, I guess, uh, potion, as we'll call it? Yeah, it's a good question. I think... First of all, you need to review what metrics you're monitoring. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. And if you're targeting on demos and meetings, then this will cause a massive clash between sales and marketing. So Why is that? Again, it just comes down to, um, okay, good example. <laughs> How many times did you ever hear that in previous roles, marketing hit 100% of their target mm. and sales hit 40%? Mm. Well, there's a problem. If they've hit target M MQLs for the last three to six months and sales are hitting 40 to 60% mm -hmm. in their targets, something's not aligned. Mm -hmm. um, so review their metrics and what you're monitoring. I think it's really important to start off with. The KPI is the revenue target that your director set the team at the start of the year. CEO, me, I say, here's the target. Here's how we're gonna do it together. I'm open to ideas. And this is what I want you to focus on. Here's what I want you to focus on. But then I want you to meet and really align the team on a regular basis so we know that everyone's on the same page. Everyone knows what each other are doing. There's no pressure on Alex, and I'm sure she'll vouch for that, from, from the new business team. Um, and, and there's certainly no pressure on, on the new business team to deliver their mm. like, you know, appointment targets or something like that. I'm just thinking, how frequently do you think like... Uh a low-performing salesperson will uh, be negatively affected by a lack of alignment in terms of, right, we're not hitting revenue target, who's the lowest performing, he's to blame, he's gone. But actually, you're, you're not digging deeper than the service and the service and the alignment is the issue. I think sales are probably the first one to go. Mm -hmm. But surely after five, ten years of doing it, if you're noticing a pattern that sales haven't hit target for X number of years or mm. whatever, then you know that something's got to change. So I think the, the blame will typically lie in mm -hmm. sales. And, and actually, some salespeople are quite ethical mm. and real and want to propose realistic quotes mm. rather than try to take a, a shady six grand deal mm. or something off someone. And I think... In reflection, if you then look at the retention of those opportunities that were forced into a position of purchase mm. because of some desperate target by, that was set by a business owner because their team were very separate, mm. um, you look at the retention of the one that converted less and the one that converted you know, more high-volume opportunities, you'll notice there's a difference in the retention. Mm. And I think that you only have to look back and you, I knew who I was more excited about when I received the sale from when I worked in an operations role before. Mm. I was. 
Mm. I, I was more excited about some than others because mm. I knew unrealistic expectations were coming up and other things as well. And it, and it is a shame. But, you know, I'm not going to dwell on the past. If I didn't have that experience, I probably wouldn't be able to deliver the, the knowledge that we're trying to provide today. So, yeah. Moving forward then, to, to not dwell on the past and to look into the future for many companies, not, not yours, but for many that will be watching and listening to this, what does an ideal marketing sales relationship look like? I think when you start to see them opportunities mm. delivered together and you can and go and then you start to see the process and that alignment come to life, I think that's the point which will just give you that surge of energy to just be like, yes, and you're excited together and yeah. And again, the CEO only doesn't care where the revenue comes from as long as you hit it. Mm. You know, I'm, I think, um, and, and marketing to demonstrate the good bits. Mm -hmm. For example, I shout to the rooftop when we have someone who messages us and said, in fact, actually, we had an inbound inquiry from someone who's in London, um, runs kind of like a, a co-working link. Nice. Uh, so they're like almost the, the Regis, we work. Yeah, but links them all together. Yeah. So yeah, Regis, we work, any kind of IWPC or whatever they're called, uh, IWG, uh, like links to co-working spaces. Now what they nice. do is they provide a daily preferential rate. No matter where you are in the country, you go hmm. on their website, they'll say, well, I need a co-working space today. And they give you all the comparisons in that area. Nice. And, and, and they found me through content and then investigating in their network. And then somehow someone in their network has heard about us previously. Hmm. She is going to come back to me on who that is. So I can, you know, give him a nice bottle of something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, I mean, that's just proof, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now my future sales people or team, right? They will see that and go, wow, this really works. Mm. And they have the belief there. And I think it's important for marketing to showcase that. Um, and yeah, really change that mindset from sales mm -hmm. to trust in marketing. And I think marketing don't shout enough about the good times, mm. maybe. Yeah, it'd be interesting as well to, to ask that person that you mentioned when they came across you to see like how long that journey was from when they initially came across you to then kind of recommending this person that come through recently. That'd be, that'd be really interesting because obviously a lot of what we talk about and it's yeah. relevant in this conversation is it's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen overnight. It might take six, 12 months. It might take 12 to 24 months. So yeah. it'd be great to understand actually when was that initial engagement to to the recommendation that happened recently. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, we always ask, where did you hear about us? Mm. Priority, priority one that, you know, for us. And and she was open and honest and I had to probe a little bit deeper because she was like, oh, I think I come across you on LinkedIn and then I start looking at your content. I looked on your website and then I'm in a part of a networking group and then mm. I asked my business coach and mm -hmm. it's like, okay, so this woman is a clear example of someone who wants to trust the agency that she even has a discovery with. Mm. Wow. <laughs> She's doing that much due diligence before she even inquires. Incredible. You talked about um, 
the energy that marketing and sales would get when they have almost that that eureka moment so mm. that that kind of almost sounds like that eureka moment it sounds like you've had you've had many to be fair but, yeah. but what does that feel and look like for people that are I guess they're like, all right, okay, so let's let's trial this new relationship. Let's mm. look for this alignment, um, but are potentially struggling to, to get to that place because it's it's in, in the infancy. Yeah. Um, I mean, how did you feel? Yeah, I felt great. Um, I always do, to be fair. Daily, even though, you know, we don't get out all the time, mm. right? It's only a matter of time. Um, but for, for me, I'm like sitting here going, okay, well, that's proof. It works. We can use that as case references to our clients who need that belief, who we're trying to get to make that change. But then when it happens with our clients as well, we're just sitting there going, this is unbelievable. Mm. And, and that happens too. I'm trying to think of a, a case today. Yeah, actually, we made one of our clients go very educational. Every piece of content that they did was lead capture, lead capture, lead capture. Mm. We try to change the way um, that they were distributing that message, no lead capture, become more educational, become more thought-driven, mm. become more trusted, and their following's increasing all the time. And and that enhances what we do from an outbound strategy. Mm. Example, you prospect a business and and it's a good message because you've done the right social prospecting methods and the due diligence, the engagements, you took your time with it, you were thought, there was a lot of thought behind it mm. and there was relevance to it. Even the best messages, and I will try and do some kind of market research on this because mm. I think it's important for us to come up with a stat, even if it's like 50 people. When you receive a message, which we already know, they then go on to your profile 95% of the time providing it's a good message so if they've liked the message what's the next step I go on their profile I look at their credibility okay what's the next step I look go on their business profile I look at the business's credibility mm. now if you've just built that like you've kind of got that hook out of them via a social prospecting message and then you go onto their page and you end up on their page and it says 185 followers and your content's crap, there's nothing there, you've just lost that opportunity. Mm. I reckon nine times out of 10, they just then won't bother messaging you back because there's no credibility. Mm. Now our process is, if there's a good message, there would at least be some form of response based on that journey. Yeah. I just don't know what that stat is. Yeah. All I know is what's the process when you get a good message on LinkedIn, a mm. well thought good message on LinkedIn, and, and they do follow that process. That's really interesting. I guess another thing that would be good to look into is you mentioned about if you've got 180 followers and the content's bad, da, 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 you might not get that response. So it'd be great to see kind of like how many responses you would get per messages sent when you were just starting off and when you were, you, you were young on, on uh, yeah. LinkedIn and then, and then today. And I, I bet they'd be worlds apart. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I think in the early stages, we were kind of like, I, uh, you know, I, I would, you know, although we need to reflect on that, um, I reckon response rates were probably one in 15, one mm -hmm. in 12, somewhere around that, if I'm being kind. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I reckon response rates 
and there's a long journey with our prospecting efforts and it's not a case of just a one one target time and and there's a lot of engagement that goes Mm, behind it mm. but if you treat it like an abm strategy you can get that down to like a one in three response rate from a well thought about Mm -hmm, strategy mm -hmm. providing your targeting right as well that's really important and again that's another reason why sales and marketing needs to be aligned from the targeting point of view Mm. um i think that's that's four times better is what you're saying then obviously these are kind of rough figures but four times better than when you started and and when was curdos founded uh, yeah, so just over 19 months ago. 19 so. months ago. So there we go. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. Study. Yeah, absolutely. But this happens with our clients, mm. but more so with the ones that are really active. I think if you look at it from this point of view, right, um, uh, if, if marketing deliver educational pieces or some form of trust in their brand and not try to lead capture um, – and you're investing 10k a month in PPC, mm. but uh, but it will be far better providing you are pushing these educational pieces and you are being that trusted brand. And there are engagements, there are credit, there's credibility behind your brand. Then, okay, the appointment numbers may dip because you are being more thought about your approach, sure. etc. And you may qualify out more people because that alignment starts to form. But eventually in time, that conversion will just massively change. So mm. I think it's important to for sales to trust in that bit. Mm. There needs to be investment of time there, especially if you're paying even money on PPC. Companies are looking into your business. If your website's shit, sort it out. If your, your content strategy's not non-existent, you are losing so, and you're paying 10 grand or five grand a month mm. on PPC to compete with people who are making the effort to be active, then that's a massive, massive loss. And the CEO or whoever is in charge of that alignment in that team needs to be aware of that. Mm. Marketing needs feedback on that. Marketing needs to be pushing that back. And then sales need to not challenge that because sales start to think, oh, hang on a minute, all my sales come through PPC okay, mate, you're converting it a one in eight. Mm. It can be better. And this is why you need to make that change. And the alignment needs to happen fairly quickly. Super powerful. Um, For real. On that point, you say you need to change. Mm. And you referenced a story earlier where I think you said that they were losing 20% revenue year on year. Yeah, so this is discovery stage. Pretty confident we're going to do something. Um you know, and it's big, but it's a, it's a big strategy. It's mm. huge things that they need to understand before they invest mm. twelve or twenty four months worth of activity with us. Yeah, I mean, where I was going with that, so you're, you're referencing this business as a case study, so they're losing yeah. that twenty percent year yeah. on year. Um, so to go into that, buyers are more in control now than ever, as what yeah. you're saying. So how important is it that people change? not in 12 months not in 24 months but now yeah i think you know some companies depending if they're in packed markets or not will be in the same roundabout you know be just going round and round and round and doing the same thing they need to change now what could be the repercussions if they don't yeah or just yeah i dread to think you know i don't wish that on any business but i think a lot of people you speak to yeah we know we need to do it but like, you know, it's a case of go speak, you know, 
you need to get in when you're in these board or SMT meetings or these big team meetings that's where you really need to wear the, the negative impacts that this can really mm. have and I think you know getting that alignment right now and the strategy right and making sure that sales trust and marketing marketing work with sales and mm. and that and it's one goal together it's more critical now and i would say a lot of companies who aren't doing it now will stay static never grow and there will be a competitor hmm. that does it and you'll be fuming you'll be raging and i it, that is what keeps me up yeah. at night you know me and malcolm are very different um when it came to trusting and us sharing this knowledge and insight um because he's worried about people who do small parts of what we do as an organization will pick up on it try replicate it and try and do it for me they will never change i don't care even if they want to attempt it they they just will not catch up with us now like from a strategy point of view they mm. might have a bit more cash flow than us right now but they will never catch up with us because our plan I'm telling you, mate, like there's no way they catch up. So my fear, my fear is if I don't do this and someone is, mm. that hurts me more. Mm. Malcolm's fear is us giving away this free insight and then our, our competitors catching up with us. Let them, mm. you know, let us be recognized as the number one one day. We need a bit of competition that keeps us on our toes. Mm. Um, and it allows us to differentiate ourselves. Right now, I don't see many companies that really think as, yeah. as detailed as this and bring all these cogs together and make sure we implement this strategy. There are. I'm not saying there aren't. But I believe there's no one that does everything that we mm, do. Mm. And I don't want to lose out. And actually, what companies should be saying is, imagine if someone comes through and takes all your clients. Mm. The scenario of the discovery meeting that I had that's killing him yep. he's like I want to retire in 10 years I want to retire at that 10 million because mm. that's the only way my director will let me go oh, okay <laughs> you're never going to retire mate <laughs> unless you make this change so let's let's get a line in and he's yeah. like he's sold directors sold it's just a big change mm -hmm. so yeah it's interesting you reference about competition. Um, so to go into that, I mean, I think sometimes competition can be hugely, hugely important. If you look at, I was watching or listening to a podcast the other day and it was the Klarna founder and he was saying when ClearPay was founded, that was actually the best thing for Klarna in the world because it made them innovate mm. faster. And then if you look at like a Messi-Ronaldo situation, for mm. sake of example, they are better players because they have both operated in the same space at the same time. Um, but yeah, I know you've got a football analogy <laughs> of, of your own that, that you want to go into that you've taunted me with off camera. So go for <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, I think, right. Okay, scenario. Chelsea versus Arsenal. Chelsea wins 2-0. Mm. And I know you're an Arsenal fan. And you, <laughs> and you, you hated that I even said this earlier. But Arsenal had more shots on target does the goalkeeper coach start arguing with the striker coach about where that win came from? No. Um, it just doesn't happen. Mm. Do you know why? Because they've got the same goal. Yeah. They, they want to win, mm. right? So imagine that win in that result for Chelsea, right, is your revenue target. Mm -hmm. 
okay, so goalkeeper coach isn't going to then not work with the striker coach, right? It doesn't happen. Mm. So why is there a divide in a business? Mm. When we've got the same goal, mm. right? So sales, marketing, work together, same goal, you get wins. I feel like it's a good one to end on, but I will ask you, as I always do, is there, is there anything else that, that you wanted to go into or, or what like final message would you like to, to close off with? Yeah, I think in review, get timing regularly mm. um, and then you start to see the, the good in the things each department is working on. Align the team in the business and even the CEO. Mm. Whoever's directing that relationship needs to be on board of that as well. Agree on tiering your targeting. Okay, so you've got to agree on the strategy is different for the enterprise brands than it yeah, is the other yeah, brands. Yeah. If you're certainly tiering the size of business, review metrics and then agree on what you're going to start to track and mm. then test together in different areas. I think, you know, when we talk about KPIs, there should be goals set for marketing, but it needs to be more focused on number of keynote speaking sections a year, number of LinkedIn live sessions, number of, you know, posts per key subjects or what key subjects, ICP growth awareness, podcasts, roundtables, events. This is where I target our our and the team. So in marketing and sales needs to be on board with that the targeting might not always be the same, but it will impact that same goal. Mm. I know that if we stick to this strategy with events this year and and the keynotes, the LinkedIn lives and so forth, our organic funnel will grow massively and it will impact our revenue organically, but it will only supercharge our growth from an outbound strategy as well and an inbound strategy. People will trust us more. Mm. Get that alignment right. Get it, get it sorted now. Um, it's so important. And I promise you, you'll enjoy it. Mm. And and you won't and there won't be any point in the blame anyone. I promise. Great point. Great one to end on. So um, That's good. yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. It's uh, one I was gonna say close to the heart. I'm not sure about close to the heart. Close to the brain, maybe for me. So uh, yeah, no, very good. I appreciate it and uh, the knowledge as always. Yeah, cool. And um, yeah, we've got a free two hour seminar on the the tenth of February nice. uh, it's free it's two hours it's about effective prospecting strategy we'll cover off metrics we'll cover off strategy ways that you can really uh, break down your ICP mm. it's free free <laughs> um, so yeah get on I think we've got 86 people already nice. attending so and it's a LinkedIn live there's going to be Q&A and yeah we'd love to have you all on um Love it, love it. Just quickly, uh, play devil's advocate from my point of view. I'm a, I'm a prospect that might want to join the LinkedIn Live, but I only have 45 minutes, not two hours. How much knowledge can I pick up in 45 minutes? You can watch it later for free. You can watch it back. How amazing is LinkedIn Live? There we go. We love it. You know, it's um, probably the best thing um, that we've got hold of, and we're only just starting to get going. Mm. And if you've got time, go back and watch the one with Domenica from today, because... That's huge when it comes to building brand through people. Mm. Amazing knowledge that she was giving us. Incredible. And it's free. So, yeah, I love the word free. Yeah, no. Um, But, yeah, we want to be a leader, so why not? Love it. Good one to end on. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate.